Today on Locked On A's, I'm beginning to go over the roster crunch that the A's are facing ahead of the Rule 5 draft deadline next month. Today, I'll be explaining the Rule 5 draft and going over how many spots the A's have to fill along with a brief World Series preview with help of our MLB insider, Gordon Beckham. So let's get into it. You are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans? And welcome to episode 373 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's episode, I'm explaining the Rule 5 draft. What is it about? Last week when I was talking about the Arizona Fall League, I was like, hey, there's a lot of guys here that are eligible for the Rule 5 draft. Maybe I should go into the roster crunch that the A's could be facing in the next month or so. So that's what I'm doing. I'm explaining what the Rule 5 draft is. I'm going over the roster spots that could be made available due to free agency that the A's will be. Once the World Series is over, there's going to be some spots made available once guys hit free agency. So going over who those guys are, how many spots will be available. And then in the third segment, we got a very, very brief World Series preview for you guys with the help of Locked On MLB insider Gordon Beckham. But before I get into anything else today, thank you guys so much for making Locked On A's your first listen of the day. Locked On A's is free and available on all platforms. And also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're doing great, amazing things over on YouTube. If you're already on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe. Go down below, hit the comments. We'll have some interactions. It'll be a good time. If you also like interacting with me and the show, you can follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Spotify greenroom app. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So last week when I was talking about some of the A's players in the Arizona Fall League, I noticed that a lot of them were Rule 5 eligible and received more than a few listener requests to explain the Rule 5 draft. So that is what I am doing in the first segment today. The Rule 5 draft is held on the final day of the winter meetings, which are in December. It's usually the first week or two of December. Uh, this time, I th- believe it's the 5th through the 9th, somewhere in that general realm. I'll give you guys the dates here in just an actual second, but uh, it, that's when it is. It is at the very end, the morning of the last day of the winter meetings, and it's usually around 7 a.m., maybe 7.30. I always listen to them uh, on my phone on the way to work, and I believe that it was like 7.30 or so, and I'd, I'd hear some draft picks, see if the A's were doing anything. It's a lot of fun, but it is very, very early for the Pacific Coast. Uh, it is definitely held on East Coast time, so there uh, we, we are still about a month and a half away until the actual Rule 5 draft is held on December 9th. So the 9th is the last day, I believe the 5th is the first day, and then uh, all of the big trading action happens we don't know what's going to be having, happening at this year's winter meetings because the CBA is going to be looming over everything very soon. Well, I, I guess it would be 
the beginning of December, but it's for another podcast. Today we're talking about the Rule 5 draft and the deadline to add Rule 5 eligible players to the 40-man roster and protect them from the Rule 5 draft is November 19th this year. So a couple of weeks ahead of the actual Rule 5 draft, we get an idea of which players will be in the pool. Uh, so what is the Rule 5 draft and what makes a player eligible to be drafted? Basically, in quick summation, the Rule 5 draft essentially makes it so that teams cannot just hoard talent forever. You can't have Mike Trout in the minors just waiting because you also got, you know, Mickey Mantle or whoever your legends are. You can't just hold on to Mike Trout for 10 or 15 years and just have him just there in the minor leagues. You can't hoard talent at the major league base or at the minor league level. And that's all that this is meant to do is to spread some of the wealth around uh, so that big teams can't get bigger and just last forever. This is a way to just uh, make the 40, make everything a little bit more even where a player that should be on an active roster is on an active roster. That's all that this is. And so players signed at the age of 18 or younger, so, so high schoolers or uh, foreign born players who are signed uh, internationally is basically who this one goes for. Uh, 18 or younger need to be added to the club's 40 man roster within five seasons of when they signed, uh, or they become eligible for the Rule 5 draft. Um, so if you're a high school player and you haven't made it to the 40-man roster in those first five years, you are now Rule 5 eligible. Players who signed at the age of 19 or older, so basically college players, uh, they need to be protected by the 40-man roster, by a 40-man roster spot within four seasons. So basically, if you've been on the roster longer than that and you're any age. Uh, there you go. If you've been on a roster on a minor league roster for six years, you're rule five eligible unless you're on a 40 man roster. That's that's basically how this works. Um, so the players that are not on the 40 man roster and that meet those requirements are eligible for this draft. There are also minor league. There, there's a minor league portion of this draft, but the rules for the minor league portion are pretty vague. And basically nobody knows what's going on with those. Even some of the best prospect analysts around don't know the specific rules for the minor league portion. Believe me, I've asked for clarifications and they're like, I think it's like this. I don't know. It's wild how secretive the minor league portion of this is. And this is partially because the information just is not available to the media. A player like Lazaro Armenteros of the A's is definitely not getting added to the A's 40-man roster ahead of the draft. But there is an option that the A's could still protect him from the minor league portion of the Rule 5 draft. So there is a chance that he'll be safe even... Uh, even though he's not on the 40-man roster, just because there's, if you put him on like the double-A roster and a team's like, I, I think this is how it works. If the A's put him on the Midland roster and their team's like, I'm not going to put him on the triple-A roster or Midland, I don't know if they would have to put him on the, on their double-A roster as well. But uh, basically, a team would be like, no, that's too much. I'm not doing that. And then he'd be safe. So it's similar, but convoluted. It's 
In short, the minor league portion of the draft is complicated and very secretive, and nobody. So we're going to focus on the big league portion, uh, and the big league portion of the draft is a little bit more straightforward. Uh, in order to draft a player a team must have an open spot on their 40-man roster. So if the A's went in with 39 players into the Rule 5 draft, uh, they had 39 players on their 40-man roster, they can make a selection in the draft. If a team does make a draft pick, if the A's select whoever they wanted to out of the Rule 5 draft, then the A's would have to pay the team that they are drafting from $100,000 as compensation. Just because a player is drafted by a team does not mean that they are on that team forever, though. Uh, the drafted player also has to stay on the active roster, so the 26-man roster, not just the 40-man roster. They have to be in the big leagues for the entirety of the following season. So if the A's took a player in this draft, they would have to be on the, the A's roster for the entirety of the 2022 season to remain in the A's organization, or else the A's could offer them back. Say, like uh, this year, it was Kai Tom. They selected Kai Tom, and he... He made it through opening day, and then the A's were like, we don't want Kai Tom anymore. So then they just traded him to the Pirates, and then he stayed on the Pirates roster, I believe. So he's he's a Pirate now. That's how that worked. But if they could not find a trading partner for Kai Tom, was he on waivers? I, It's convoluted. But they could offer him back for basically half of what they paid for him. So I think that they would get $50,000 back. Uh, and if the team that he was taken from uh, did not want him back, then the A's could just keep him. But it's it, it's a wild, wild draft system, and I love it. Uh, it, it is a it is a good good time. But um, to relate this back to the A's specifically, other than Kai Tom, who was you know a short-lived folk hero after he pitched that one inning, um, back in 2014, the Colorado Rockies selected Mark Canna in the Rule Five draft from the Miami Marlins, and then they traded him immediately to the A's for minor leaguer Austin House. So that is a thing that can happen only in the Rule 5 draft. You can't do this during the June draft. You can only do it during the Rule 5 draft. And this is as close to the NFL or the NBA draft as the MLB draft gets. Any form of the MLB draft gets, uh, which is part of the reason I like it so much. I also like prospects a lot, but um, th this is a, a fun, fun time. You're like, oh no, I wanted that. I, I wanted Mark Canna and now he's on the Rockies. No, wait, there's more. It's fun. Um, there's also the fact that these players generally have a better shot at being seen by us on our TVs in the near future, given the requirements to keep them as a player. You're not going to just take somebody just to take somebody. You think that they might ha actually have a chance at making your opening day roster at the very least, or that you 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 like their skill set and you can hide them for a season if you're you know a rebuilding team. There you you have a good chance of seeing this this player in the big leagues in some form or fashion, and that makes it a little bit more fun. You know, like taking I don't know Kyler Murray as your starting quarterback if you're the Arizona Cardinals. You're like I'm going to see that guy. Um, that. There's more of that in this draft, and I think that that's another thing to be excited about when it comes to the Rule 5 draft. Another A's draftee that you're probably familiar with is Vimeo Machin. Machin, like Canna, was drafted by a different team than the A's in the Rule 5 draft, but this time it was the Phillies who drafted him, and then they traded him to the A's for just straight cash. They took him from the Cubs, 
And then they're like, hey, can, can we get a little bit of money? And they're like, sure. And then they got him. Um, sometimes this happens just because a team like the A's is drafting lower and they're like, hey, can you take this player for us? You have a, a roster spot. Are you guys taking anybody? No. Okay, cool. Can we have that guy? We'll, we'll pay you or we'll trade you, you know, Austin House. That's how that works. Um, you may have noticed that Machin was up all of 2020, the season that he the season after he was drafted, uh, and he played the entire shortened season. So he is now a member of the A's organization. But then he spent most of 2021 basically as a minor league depth option. He was in Vegas most of the time. He got called up briefly a couple of times, but that that's it. And this is also within the rules since he spent that first full season with the A's big league club. So uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes on. Hopefully you followed through. Listen to it again. I think that I, it written down, it makes a lot of sense. I, I did it. I did a, a try run of this segment for my wife and she's like, I'm pretty sure I got that. I'm like, okay, cool. So hopefully everybody understands. If you guys have any questions, feel free to hit me up at Locked On A's or at by Jason B on Twitter. Uh, you can also leave some comments on the YouTube channel. So there you have it. That is the rule five draft in a nutshell. Coming up, I am taking a look at the A's 40-man roster to see how many spots will be opening for Rule 5 eligible players. So stay locked in with Locked On A's, and I will be right back. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well... I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of the entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe on our new YouTube channel, wherever you like to hear podcasts, whatever you need to do to get this show in your life each and every day. And thank you guys so much for making Locked On Ace your first listen. We're free and available on all platforms. We're also free and available on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Ace. You can also follow me at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Spotify green room app. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. I ran through that one really fast. LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. There you go. That's a slowed down version for you guys. But again, thank you guys so much for making Lockdown as your first lesson. But let's go over who is currently on the A's 40-man roster to get a sense of the holes being created by the free the, the soon-to-be departing free agents. I've got a whole list right here. I'm going to read down 41 names Ooh, because uh, one guy's on the 60-day uh, IL. And when you're on the 60-day IL, that does not uh, count towards your 40-man roster. So let's let's read from the list. This is in alphabetical order according to position, so you'll get a sense of where this is going. Uh, I'm just going to read the room real quick, and then I'll put some little check marks next to next to some guys for you guys. We got Domingo Acevedo, Chris Bassett, Paul Blackburn, Andrew Chafin, who has an option. We've talked about it on the show 
a lot. Uh, he has a mutual option with the A's, so they're going to have to make a decision on him. I'll talk about that here in a second. They also have Wandison Charles. Jake Diekman also has a team option for $4 million. That's another guy that the A's have to make a decision on whether or not he's going to be with the A's in 2022. You got Mike Fires. He is on the 60-day IL and also going to be a free agent. So that's a potential spot that could open up. You got Diolis Guerra, Grant Holmes, Cole Irvin, Dalton Jeffries, James, Capri uh, James Caprillion, Adam Kalerik. I got a thing for him here in a second. Uh, Sean Manaya, Sam Mole, Frankie Montas, Yusmero Petit, pending free agent. Uh, AJ Puck, Miguel Romero, at Sergio Romo, pending free agent. And then you got Trevor Rosenthal, pending free agent. Uh, <laughs> if you're if you're only listening to this and you're not watching it on YouTube, I find it funny because I keep pointing with my pen whenever I say pending free agent. Um, hopefully it's coming across okay. Uh, then you got Lou Trevino, Austin Allen, Jan Gomes, pending free agent. Sean Murphy, Elvis Andrews, Matt Chapman, Josh Harrison, pending free agent. Uh, Tony Kemp, Jed Lowry, pending free agent. Vimeo Machine, Mitch Moreland, pending free agent. Uh, Matt Olson, Luis Barrera, Skybolt, Seth Brown, Mark Canna, pending free agent. Chris Davis, pending free agent. Starling Marte, pending free agent. Uh, Chad Pinder, and then Steven Piscotti. Those are the 41 names currently on the A's 40-man roster. So with that, uh, you heard a lot of pending free agents in there. Let's go over what that means for the A's 40-man roster moving forward. Of these 41 players, 11, 11 of those names are free agents to be. Two of them have options that the A's need to make a decision on, and Adam Kalerik could potentially, potentially, be a non-tender candidate after a rough season. Basically, a non-tender candidate means he's an arbitration-eligible player and they don't want to give him a contract. They're like, you're done. It's basically like cutting him from the team. They're like... We don't want you. You go sign somewhere else. It's fine. He's 32 years old. He's a lefty. He was traded. Uh, the A's traded for him uh, in February, I believe, is when they did all their things. They, they had one month, like a couple of weeks, where they did all of their moves for the offseason. And that's when they traded Sheldon Noisy for uh, Cody Thomas and also uh, Adam Kalerik. And Kalerik was not great in his brief stint in Oakland. And then he also was not great in Vegas. Do the A's want to give him another shot? We'll see. Um, but he is a non-tender candidate, potentially. I don't know. I'm bad at predicting non-tender candidates, but maybe. I don't know. Uh, but that leaves 11 to 14 spots potentially open on the 40-man roster. Mike Fires and Trevor Rosenthal, pending free agents, uh, barely played in 2021. So their losses aren't necessarily big losses for the A's. Uh, from the, the roster that we saw most of 2021, but the A's still have at least two pull, uh, bullpen arms to replace in Petit and Romo. So they and they could also use another catcher, a backup catcher, maybe a major league guy uh, on the 40-man roster with the departure of Jan, uh, Jan Gomes. There we go. And then they'll likely need some outfield help with the impending free agencies of both Mark Canna and Sterling Marte. Um, there's also some other guys that are going to be free agents as well, but those are the, the main cogs that you kind of have to replace. The front office probably wants at least uh, one outside piece, so one guy that is not an internal option to build back up their infield depth, and another bat that could be slotted into the DH role that could be done by re-signing Jed Lowry or Chris Davis or a third option, somebody else, but somebody else that could handle the bulk of the DH duties. Um probably going to be in the fold from an from the outside because you got 
three guys that could potentially play DH for the A's and Mitch Moreland, uh, also Jeff Lowry and Chris Davis all leaving. So you're like, hey, we should probably get one of those guys and then we could use a couple of other spots as depth options in the minor leagues. Maybe protect a couple of guys from the Rule 5 draft that way. Uh, that'll be for another episode. But that is one way to do it. So with some quick back-of-the-napkin math, we're looking at potentially five spots open on the 40-man roster if the A's are just bringing guys in from the outside to fill some of these holes, if they're hoping to compete at a pretty decent level in 2022 uh, in order to fill the spots that I just mentioned. So those are... The, the, the A's have roughly five spots. One of those is going to be Nick Allen. So there's there's one spot. They got four spots, maybe. And they got a slew of guys that are going to be Rule 5 eligible. And uh, I'm going to be going over those guys on a, on a second episode later in the week because we are going to run out of time today. Uh, but also, we have so much other news to get to uh, later in the week. I'm not tomorrow. I'll be talking about the the big the big vote. <laughs> the 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 vote that will decide whether or not the A's stay in Oakland. Well, not necessarily uh, stay in Oakland, but whether or not they're moving forward with a plan to stay in Oakland. And that is the Alameda County vote to see if they they want in on some of this infrastructure spending. So that is going to be coming up for you guys on in your feed fairly soon, depending on when you listen to this. So that is that is why this is going to be two parts and also broken apart by a couple of days. So I apologize for the delay, but we'll get to it, I swear. Um, but of course, one route that they, getting back to this, one route that they could take uh, is to rely on some of the guys that they already have on the 40-man roster to fill some of these holes, like Luis Barrera. If the A's need some outfield help. Maybe Luis Barrera finally gets that that actual chance in the big leagues after getting like eight plate appearances in 2021. And maybe that's one way that they fill a void in the outfield. And maybe they hold on to Adam Kalerik and give him another shot at the, in the big league level since he's still just arbitration eligible and they could use him to fill one of the bullpen vacancies. Maybe they bring back the other two, the two guys with options and uh, Andrew Chafin and Jake Diekman. And then they bring in Adam Kalerik and they're like, Hey, you're already, on the 40-man roster, and that opens up another spot for one of the minor leaguers that they would like to protect. Could could be a, a, a route that they go. They could also go a completely different route and just get rid of everybody. Who knows? Uh, there are ways to stretch the roster with internal options to enter the season and focus on acquiring younger or more inexpensive talent, either via trade, minor league signings, or the Rule 5 draft to fill out some of their minor league spots potentially without taking up 40-man roster spots for the A's. And uh, maybe they're like, hey, we're going to bet bet low on the next Cole Irvin, who's not going to take up a 40-man roster spot. But then maybe he needs one later on. But initially, they get to hold on to these guys. And so maybe that's a route that they end up taking. In a couple of days, I'm going to be giving you guys a rundown of the main Rule 5 eligible players for the A's currently in the minor leagues. So make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel or wherever you like podcasts so you don't miss part two of this conversation. Coming up, I'm going to be, uh, I've got our locked on MLB national expert, Gordon Beckham, with some thoughts on the World Series. So stay locked in with Locked On A's and you're going to have some fun hating the Astros. 
Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everybody. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors and you don't know what a Built Bar is, they're protein bars. They're absolutely delicious. They taste like candy bars. They are jam-packed with protein. You're getting 17 to 18 grams of protein. You're getting calories from 130 to 180. You're only getting four or five grams of sugar, only four or five grams of net carbs. They're all amazing flavors. They're all tasty. They're all healthy. And if if you want to know some of the flavors, you got coconut, you got cherry barcia. That's my favorite. I'm a Bilt Bar fan. Cherry barcia stan right here. Then you got raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, caramel, caramel. Who, who, which one do you say? Let me know in the comments. Uh, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. Again, cherry barcia is my ride or die. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, all you got to do is get a mix box where you get two of each of those nine flavors. Definitely well worth the investment if you are just dipping your toes in the Built Bar. That is the way to do it. And in order to get some of these bars, all you got to do is go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Welcome back to the Locked on Ace podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe to our new YouTube channel. Make sure to, you know, comment, subscribe, do all those things on the YouTube channel. You can also follow us uh, wherever you like to hear podcasts. We're free and available on all podcast platforms. And follow us on social media, Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So for this segment, I have a couple of clips to play from Gordon Beckham previewing the World Series. Let's get let's get straight into it. We're running out of time. Let's get into it. Gordon, what do you got for me? I'm Kanani Stevens with another Locked On MLB Insider Report, joined here by Gordon Beckham, our MLB Insider. The World Series stage is set. It's going to be Houston Astros and the Atlanta Braves, obviously some of the two hottest teams they've made it to this point um, to make it to the World Series. But the Astros seem like they're here quite often. Um, I think what we mentioned, their third appearance in five years in the World Series. So are you surprised that they made it back to this point, Gordon? No, I think they're a really good team. I mean, they're super talented. Obviously, they have kind of a uh, checkered past with everything that's gone on over the last five years. But uh, the fact that they're back there uh, this year just shows how good they are, right? I mean, um, they're, they're easily the best offensive team I think I saw most of the year. I mean, like they were just really, really good. I actually called the White Sox-Houston games uh, in the middle of the season when uh, the White Sox were a pretty good team and Houston just buried them. So uh, I, their offense is really, really good and their bullpen has been great. I mean, they've been relying on that because their starters have been have, have kind of struggled in a lot of ways. So uh, they're a hot team. Both teams are hot right now. I think that when you get to the World Series, you don't really have somebody that sneaks by. I mean, Atlanta had to play Milwaukee and then the Dodgers and I mean, the Dodgers were playing really well. They beat uh, the best team in the regular season, the Giants, and then got to the Braves, and I think they kind of ran out of gas. But the Braves look good. They're trending in the right direction. This is going to be a great, uh, you know, a great World Series. I think it's anybody's game. Um, it just a matter, you know, just the small things are really going to add up and matter in this series, as they always do when it's, when it's on the line. All right, so that is the general preview. And then he actually got my mind a-working with this next clip that I'm going to play with you guys on how the Braves can actually win this series. I'd been resigned to saying the Astros are going to win. And uh, 
I'll give my thoughts after you guys hear Gordon Beckham, but I'm like, hey, maybe, maybe the Braves actually got a shot at this sucker. So here's Gordon Beckham, and then I will go off of what he's saying here. So here's Gordon Beckham's second clip of Locked On Now. We can't take much away from Atlanta. Obviously, they're in the playoffs almost every year, it feels like, as well. Um, obviously, to make the World Series, that's a big jump for them. But is this going to be something where experience plays a big role for the Astros because they've been here so much? Or is this something where, you know, the Braves are really hot and to have gotten to this point, they might continue rolling that way? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I, I do think that there might be some uh, World Series jitters by the Braves, but I think at the end of the day, they're, they're, they're just they're finding a way to get big hits and big situations, and uh, I think that's going to continue. They just finished their series against the Dodgers, you know, and they're a little bit uh, they're coming off the field a little bit uh, later than the Astros did, and so the Astros had this kind of layoff. Sometimes I don't think this will happen, but you can get away from the game and you just kind of lose a little bit of the feel uh, when you have days off. So it might take them a, a minute or two to get going, and I think that for the Braves to really uh, take this series, I think they're going to need to jump out to a to a, a hot start, uh, get going early against this starting uh, staff for the Astros, which is uh, you know banged up and uh, and struggled a little bit. So. Uh, the Braves have everything in their favor that if they can go come out and their bats can uh, do do the talking because um, their pitching staff is, is is really really good and they're lined up. They have Charlie Morton going in Game One, so uh, the Braves have got a great chance to do this. Like I said, it'll be interesting to see if the the layoff for the Astros uh, gets them off to a little bit of a rusty start, and if the Braves can take advantage of that. If that does happen, um, they'll be in a, in, in a driver's seat going back to Atlanta in Game uh, Three, Four, and Five. So basically what I'm seeing from this is I know that a lot of people are picking the Astros to win this series. Over at Locked On MLB, uh, which they do great work, I, I talk about Sully all of the time. Sully had the hosts of Locked On Astros and Locked On Braves, and all of them took Houston in five or six games. It's not a, a secret that they should probably win this series, but the only pushback that I will give, because I don't want the Astros to win uh, even though they're probably the better team here, is that Atlanta has already been scoring enough runs to win to win series to get to this point. We don't think of them as an offensive juggernaut, but they've been facing arguably better pitching staffs than the Astros are going to be throwing at them, and they've been already winning these series. Um, so that is that is one. That is one thing. The Milwaukee Brewers have a really, really good starting rotation and a really good bullpen they made very quick work of them. They also handled, basically, I mean, I know that the Dodgers were a little bit gassed, but they handled the Dodgers pitching staff as well. The real question is going to be whether their pitching staff can shut down the best offense in baseball enough. They're not going to be do, going to be able to do it, you know, overall, but just enough to give their offense a chance to win that battle in four of seven games. They don't need to do it every single day, but can they do it for four games? That is what I'm going to be looking out for here. And as we saw in the ALCS, it doesn't man matter how many total runs you score. It's about when you score them. The, the Boston Red Sox, after games, was it two and three? They looked like they were going to be unbeatable, and then they just sucked the rest of the way and then let the whole country down, even though nobody likes them either. Uh, and so they, they absolutely blew out the Houston Astros. The Astros won that series fairly handily, 4-2. So can the, can the Braves do something like that? Can they shut down the opposition enough? 
that is going to be something that I'm looking for. Uh, forward to looking forward just in general uh the braves could get blown out by seven runs in three out of seven games but if they can figure out a way to win four one run games they walk away as champions that's all you got to do just win four you don't got to do it convincingly you just got to do it so at least that is that is the hope for most baseball fans out there i i still think that it's going to be the astros in probably like six games um but there is more hope than I previously thought, thanks to Gordon Beckham and uh, him getting my my wheels a turn in here. I know that not a lot of people pay attention to the Atlanta Braves, especially since Ronald Acuna Jr. went down. But maybe they're being overlooked because they've made it this far. They're doing something right. And uh, we haven't been paying enough attention to be like, oh, yeah, they're good, too. So maybe they're better than we're giving them credit for. But. That's all that I got for you guys today. Thank you so much for making Locked On A's your first listen. Now go make Sully and Locked On MLB your second listen and hear what the hosts of Locked On Astros and Locked On Braves had to say in their World Series preview. It's a fascinating conversation. You guys will definitely enjoy it. And uh, just for my sake, go ahead and boo the Astros, guys. They're nice, but boo them for the team that they root for and not for who they are as people. Um, Coming up later this week, though, uh, since... We, it's going to be a busy week. Uh, I'm going to have info for you guys on Tuesday's big Alameda County vote. Uh, I'll also be resuming the conversation that we started here today about the A's 40-man roster. And uh, we're also going to be doing a little bit later in the week version of Fat Tuesday. Uh, maybe I'll just keep the name and just post it on Thursday or Friday. Uh, but uh, this week, I'm going to be looking up at backup catchers that the A's could go after to replace Jan Gomes because I feel like they need a veteran presence and I don't think that Austin Allen's the guy to do it. So who can they go after on the free agent market or the trade market? And uh, who who can who can they go get? Fat Tuesday is basically uh, free agents, FA, and trade targets, fat. And then Tuesday because I just... Do one on Tuesdays. So, Fat Tuesday, free agents and trade targets. And uh, we're going to be looking at those for backup catchers. But that is all that I got for you guys today. So, until next time, go out and celebrate good times, Oakland. And I will talk at you tomorrow. Tomorrow.